2: Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, EVTPFL. It's Thursday. It's December first. Yes, it's December first. Get those advent calendars out and enjoy some Christmas spirit. Are you playing? Are you playing Christmas music yet, Keith?
3: No, I'm not a big Christmas music guy. Um, I, I wait as long as possible for that. So,
2: <laughs> all right. Well. If you didn't know, Keith Eyster, Eyes 819. It's Thursday. It's football time. It's week 13, 12 game slate on this week. Wonderful week. Um, Christmas music in my house started maybe two weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, I love Christmas. Didn't really get to participate in Thanksgiving this year. So, Christmas, even, I- I'm going big. Man, there's no there's no messing around this year we're going big for christmas so excited you've got for the you've got the
3: kids too so that the kids definitely don't let you get by without the christmas music for sure
2: i mean i'm the one that's get the christmas music going. <laughs> yeah the kids the kids turn it on yeah so uh fun nfl slate you know last week we were kind of on the fence about the slates um wasn't a good slate for me Definitely ready for a nice bounce-back week here. I think this slate's fantastic. We have, you know, all, all the big guys. Mahomes, Hurts, Lamar, Herbert, Burrow, Tua. Watson's coming back, getting Houston. A um, lot of, I mean, just a lot of good spots, a lot of good games, a lot to talk about. So we're not going to mess around. We're going to get right into it. If you haven't checked out our sponsor, head on over there, check them out. Sleeper Fantasy. Use promo code GRINDERS, get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Join the Roto-Grinders squad. If you are a member on Sleeper already, just Roto-Grinders, go to the podcast page. Click the link or Sleeper slash Grinders and uh, get in the squad. We are going to skip the Sleeper fantasy part of the morning grind game because they don't have anything posted yet. Um, So I will post something in the squad. Later on this week, and um, I'll try to remember to tweet it out as well. So make sure you're checking that out. Let's get into it. A lot to talk about, 12 football games. We get started here with Pittsburgh at Atlanta, 42.5 total in this game. Pittsburgh, a 1.5-point favorites. Start with the Steelers. Um, I mean, the spot on paper is really nice. This is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They rank 30th in DVOA. 29th against the pass allowing the fifth most passing yards per game Kenny Pickett at quarterback don't love it this team has thrown the ball a lot this season and i don't know if it's just been them trailing or what the case is this game's indoors is this a sneaky good spot for johnson and pickens at 52 and 5100
3: um i don't know i i think that either one of them are fine um, it seemed like when Pickett first took over, he was like heavily locked in, locked into Pickens, and it looked like Pickens was headed for like definitive alpha status. And I still think he will be. Um, but Johnson kind of popped up last week and, and had a pretty decent game, so it makes deciding between the two a little more difficult for me. But like, if you would ask me this question last week, it would have been slam dunk for Pickens. I think they're both in the mix. I I don't want to play Pick and Pickett though because there's another 5K quarterback that's in just the nut spot. So don't think I need to go to pick it. I, th- I don't really want to play a ton of Atlanta, um, but I, the 5K wide receivers are very interesting. Najee Harris also left last week um, with an injury. If he were to miss and Jalen Warren were to return, Jalen Warren's 4,900. I think that's a spot worth keeping an eye on um, because this Atlanta run defense is also really bad. I'm lukewarm right now early in the week. As we get towards Sunday, and if Najee Harris gets ruled out, maybe I get on this game a little bit more. Um, it's in the dome, like you mentioned, so it should be a, a decent game environment. Um, I just I don't trust Pickett enough to like want to stack him with wide receivers. I think they're fine as one-off plays or or maybe on the other side of a quarter, Cordero Patterson or something like that, but um, I think there are better games on the slate.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, Oh, well, obviously if Harris misses, that's a huge opportunity. If Harris plays, I mean, is he a hundred percent, I think is a big question. His workload hasn't been like this, like Pittsburgh workload back with Warren healthy. So if Warren's healthy and if Harris plays, I mean, it could be like a 70, 30, 65, 35 type of role. And I don't know if that's enough on this slate. Um, I like Johnson. I like Pickens. I'm with you, though. I'm not playing Pickett at 5,200. I, I, you just know where the production's going. I don't think he has 30-point ceiling. Um, so, Fairmuth at tight end at 4,300 is another guy. Like, in close games this year, 7, 7, 9, 12, 9 targets. Um, so, if this game's going to be competitive, I think Faramuth um, at 4,300 is a tight end play as well going to the Atlanta side you kind of mentioned it like you know where you Pittsburgh's a funnel defense they want you to throw against them um they're not great against the the throw I mean technically they want you to run the ball against them because their run defense is phenomenal this is a team that runs the ball the most in the NFL at 52 percent tough matchup great passing matchup if they were going to let Mario to throw the ball but they don't do that what are we doing here with the Falcons?
3: Yeah, I mean, the Falcons have been a difficult team to figure out all year. They they split up the backfield. Now you've got Kyle Pitts out for the season. Uh, Drake London just, like, I've played so much Drake London this year, and it, it's not been a, a fun experience over the past six weeks or so. I, I can't imagine I'm going back to it in this spot. This team just doesn't throw enough. Um, I, w- I want to be on this game because of the Dome. Weather's getting worse across the country. in in any outdoor games but just it's a tough offense to target um pattern at 5800 I don't mind taking some shots on just because he has that big playability the other running backs don't get enough work they're both cheap um but it's kind of a three-headed backfield here to some extent so it's tough I don't see any need to go to Mariota London is 4700 I wouldn't try to talk you off of it but I've done it way too much I don't see myself going back to that again
2: I mean, just looking at the Atlanta situation, I mean, London has a twenty-seven percent target share on the team that throws the ball the least amount in the NFL. So I mean, you have to take it for what it is. Um, I don't think I want to play like Pruitt at tight end. Like he scored a touchdown last week. He scored eight fantasy points or nine fantasy points, something really low. Um, because there's just no upside here. So I think if I were to run anything back, and I don't think you necessarily need to run Pickens, Johnson, Fairmuth, like these guys back, I don't think you need to in this spot. If I was going to do it, it'd be London. Um, but I'm with you. I've played him a ton this season, so kind of on an island at this point. Um, I don't think this is a spot for that I want to play like Marcus Mariota. So, yeah, I mean, Atlanta, The what? I mean, you want to have exposure to this game. And we're going to talk about the Jacksonville-Detroit game indoors. Like that's a juicy game. Um, so it, it's just it's kind of one of those things where I don't think I end up on a lot on the Atlanta side, if any. Maybe even look at Pittsburgh defense, but the problem with that is Mariota doesn't throw enough to really give you a ton of ceiling for like pick sixes and stuff. So it's tough.
3: Yeah, I was going to mention that they're they're the Steelers are really cheap. They're twenty six hundred on DK, um, but you <laughs> you cheap, just nailed man. it. Like. I want I want defenses against a team that's behind by m- multiple scores and they're dropping back forty times, so I can rack up those sacks and and interceptions and like Atlanta like Mariota will throw the interceptions, but I don't know they just don't throw it enough.
2: I think they're a good cash game defense at that price. Um, like if you're playing yeah, like yep. cash ups, single entry tournaments, like I think they're borderline in that type of contest too. Washington at New York facing the Giants, 40 and a half total in this game. Washington, two and a half point favorites, um, starting here with Washington. Some news that we're going to be paying attention to this week is Antonio Gibson. He's dealing with a foot injury. If he were to miss this game, Brian Roberts, not the greatest matchup in the world. You know, this defense is ranked fourth in DVO against the run. But if he was going to get, 80% 80% of the running back snaps that we we'd have to have interest in that if, if that was going to be the case at 5,300. So we're going to be paying attention to this Gibson news, Taylor Heineke, man, um, new pair of shoes, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Heineke, you know, continues to get the job done. Um, we all kind of were like, is this the right decision for Washington? And <laughs> it definitely hasn't hurt. Um, I, I mean, Carson Wentz, You might not have a a job when you come back. I'm sorry. Um, I don't see how they can bench Heineke at this point. But talk to me here about the Washington Commanders.
3: Yeah, tough matchup, like you said. Um, Robinson did kind of pop off again last week after having some opportunity to work with over the last couple of weeks and just not doing a whole lot with it. Um, Great matchup against Atlanta last week, and he he stepped up. um, Averaged over five yards to carry. Found the end zone. Um, So, with Gibson out, even though it's a tough matchup, like I don't, he's so cheap that you have to have interest. This this is a guy we've seen get 20 plus carries before. Um, If Gibson was out, I think he would absolutely be in line for that again at 5,300. Even even if the efficiency struggles a little bit because of the matchup, he's in play for sure. McLaurin is a guy that I've punched since Heineke returned and he hasn't really had that that monster game. He's 5800. I don't mind taking some more shots on that. Um I don't love this Washington offense overall, but the price on McLaurin and the price on Robinson if Gibson were to miss, that would be my my primary Washington exposure here.
2: I just want to like throw a note out there really quick. They controlled that game against Atlanta um last week. Atlanta plays extremely slow in general because of how much they run the ball. How much clock ticks off as well. Um, Washington, not a fast paced team either. Like, Heineken only threw the ball 23 times last week. So, I mean, Curtis Samuel, I don't even think, had a target last week. So, I mean, and Robinson was just having such a good game on the ground, too, that they didn't really need to throw the ball a lot. I think the Giants are going to put up some points here in this one. So, I have a ton of interest in McLaurin at 5,800. I don't know about Samuel and Dotson because, I mean, trying to get those two like get those two right is is tough i mean with wins it was samuel no doubt um but outside of that i mean it's really tough but i think mclaurin is the like number one option for me and then like like we said if gibson doesn't play i'm gonna have some interest in robinson if gibson plays i'm probably gonna stay away from the running game uh the giants side of this game i mean this is a good matchup washington Still not a good defense. They're still dealing with some injuries on the defensive side. Um, You know, we thought we were going to get Chase Young back last week. He didn't play again. Maybe back here. How much is he going to play if he does play? Um, I think is a a legit question. I think this is a week we could potentially see, like, Barkley have that game again. Uh, 8,200. Washington has really struggled against the run. The workload is insane. If they're trailing, he gets passing looks. I think Barkley at 8,200 is one of the top running back plays this week.
3: Yeah, I, I like Barkley. I know it's been a, a rough couple of weeks for him here. Um, it, I played a ton of him against Detroit. Like, thought that was an awesome spot for him, and he just didn't get the job done. Um, that whole workload was, didn't
2: get the job done that game, though. It
3: it was it was yeah, disappointing for sure. Um, but i'm i'm going right back to him here i i agree with you like he's going to see volume um he's looked amazing for the majority of the season so I, I think it's more of a blip just a bad couple of weeks for barkley we'll go right back to him the passing game like jones has been running but i don't know like i there are a couple other 5k quarterbacks i'm i'm definitely on this week i don't see the need to go there um he just doesn't have the the receiving core to where he he can put up a big ceiling unless he rushes for 100 yards which which he's done but I don't think it's very likely uh Slayton is now way more expensive like if Slayton was still in the low 4ks that's a cheap stack maybe you could make it work um, but I'm, I'm probably off the Giants passing game it would just be Saquon for me
2: yeah I like the McLaurin like Barkley combo in this game staying away from the quarterbacks. I mean, if Gibson's out, I could see using Slayton as a run back to Gibson or um, Robinson. So he would be my favorite of the passing options. That's not saying much um, because he is expensive and like they. they, I mean, he is getting the yards. He just needs to find the end zone. If he finds the end zone, he's capable of 20 plus. Um, I mean, he is the number one wide receiver right now. So, I mean, I guess Barkley could be potentially the number one wide receiver too. So, (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, if I was going to play a wide receiver, it would be Slayton, but I like Barkley, I like the McLaurin Barkley combo in this game. We got Green Bay at Chicago taking on the Bears 43 and a half total in this one. Green Bay, a five and a half point favorite. Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to be waiting to see whether or not, um, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is going to play, they did say that they expect him to participate in practice at one at some point this week and play in this game. Aaron Jones is banged up right now as well. Um AJ Dillon is like they were all limited Wednesday. We're going to need to wait and see Thursday and Friday what we're looking at here injury report wise because if one of these running backs sits you just smash the other one. Like you don't even think twice about it. Um Chicago can't stop the run. This would be a great spot. They can't stop the pass either. Um so is this a week Where Watson at 5,200, like he scored a touchdown now, at least one touchdown in three straight games. We all talked about this, this kid coming into the season, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers loved this guy coming into the season and like he's healthy and it's finally starting to show Um, the connection is there they're on the same page finally. And the ceiling that everyone talked about coming into the season is really becoming a thing. And some of my best ball teams really love the fact that like, it's finally Mm -hmm. happening. Um, 5,200 seems really cheap for Christian Watson and the role he's had here recently.
3: Yeah. The Chicago defense sucks. So I think there are some, some spots to pick out here. Um, I like Rogers just has not owned a ceiling at all this season. I can't imagine I get to him. Um, if I was going to do he's it, it's cheap. probably Gosh, against Chicago. Cheap, but... He is yeah. really cheap. Um, the problem is I think they can just run all over this, this defense. I think they're going to be up big, and that kind of limits the passing game ceiling as well. Um, I think Jones was more of a rest thing than anything else. Aaron Jones should play here, and Aaron Jones is my favorite play on the Packers. Um, 6,900 is... I don't know. It, it's cheaper than he has been recently, but he hasn't hit a ceiling that often this season either. Uh, but I think this is a spot where he could absolutely just go nuts. Chicago's defense is, is now one of the absolute worst in the league. Um, Watson, I, it's been, he's been really hot with touchdowns. Six touchdowns over the last three weeks is absolutely insane. That probably doesn't continue, but that does not mean that he won't catch one in this game at 5,200 like yards and a touchdown is is a pretty good score there so don't hate the Watson call i'm probably off the other receivers just because of that limited ceiling i see in the passing game like i'm not sure fields plays on the other side if that if that's the case there's no way chicago keeps this game close um i think i think green, green bay runs over chicago and and it's going to be mostly on the back of Aaron Jones
2: yeah, I like the Aaron Jones call. If Fields doesn't play, it uh, maybe it, you know l- my love for Watson gets um, you know, simmered down a little bit and maybe I shift more to Aaron Jones Green Bay defense um type of combos. If Fields plays, I, I mean, we have no idea at this point of the season or like at this point of the week, not the season. Um regardless of Fields playing or not, I mean, this this pick, obviously, a lot better if Fields plays. But, man, it's really hard not to love David Montgomery in this game. Green Bay has not been able to stop the run. Like, if Fields plays and they say he's good to go, his ceiling's massive here because they cannot stop the run. And if they're going to use him so, as a running back, yeah.
3: I, okay, are you talking about Fields or Montgomery? Both of them. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think Montgomery, if Fields is out, is an absolute smash. Just because Fields has been... More of a the goal line back here recently, so I think Montgomery is actually a better play if Fields is out. Okay. Um, it, the the Green Bay run defense, like you mentioned, is is terrible. So I have interest in Montgomery either way, but without Fields in there, like Simeon or Peterman, whoever's at quarterback, sign Tim Boyle off the street. Like none of those guys are running in a touchdown. It would all David Montgomery. I don't think they trust Evans or Ebner to to take a goal line touch. So Montgomery would just have the full goal line all, all to himself. Um, even in, in a trailing game script, Montgomery can catch some passes. Evans and Ebner would be a, a mild concern there to take over some of that passing work. But I, I still think Montgomery is is a fantastic play because without fields, the only way the Bears are going to move the ball, basically, is is through
2: Montgomery. Um, I mean, housekeeping notes – like Mooney got placed on the IR Monday. Um, does that mean we have interest in Ch- Chase Claypool? Probably not. Um, I don't. I don't think I want to have play him, regardless of the quarterback. I mean, if I was going to take a, a someone in the passing game, it'd probably be Cole Kmet. But, I mean, I don't even love that. I I mean, I don't hate Komet if Fields plays because he has been getting those, like, Jimmy Graham red zone looks finally that we talked about in, like, week two or three. Um, So I don't hate Komet if it's Fields. Um, This whole game is interesting from an injury standpoint with Rodgers and, you know, everyone on the Green Bay side and the Chicago side. So pay attention to this one. Um, Could change a lot throughout the week. Um, Jets and Jets and Vikings 44 and a half total in this game. Minnesota, a three point favorite. Start here with the Jets side of things. Um, I mean, Minnesota allows the most passing yards per game. Um, boy, did I take a pie to the face last week when I said Mike White wasn't the answer and he's not a great game manager. Um, hey, I was wrong. I have no problem ever admitting when I was wrong. He threw for 315 yards completed 78 and a half percent of his passes <laughs> for 315 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns um i mean and he gets another good matchup here like yeah. i i mean i hate the fact that like garrett wilson's gonna be popular but i i mean he's 5300 he's cheap and i mean i probably just eat the chalk
3: yeah, I, I have interest, again, um, Mike White obviously did it against this that horrible Bears defense that we just talked about, but Minnesota's past defense hasn't been I was gonna
2: say, they're not much better. a whole lot better.
3: <laughs> so this is another great spot. Garrett Wilson's still way too cheap for the role that he's had. Um, yeah, I, I love the Garrett Wilson call 5,300. He is going to get some ownership this week, unfortunately, um, but it's a great spot for him. Elijah Moore at 3,700 is a guy that I'm interested in. Again, it was only two targets. He did find the end zone. Um, He may catch some ownership too, just because of the matchup. But I, he's a guy where I could see that role expanding now that there's a change at quarterback. Um, So I am interested in Elijah Moore again at that price. Tyler Conklin, I think we have to talk about too. Like he was getting a. Getting targeted a ton at the beginning of the season with Flacco fell off for a couple of weeks. He didn't have a huge role last week, but he did have three targets. Caught all of them for 50 yards, like 3,100. You could do worse than that, I think. Um, so yeah, I like it's indoors again here. I don't know that I will stack Jets, but I do have interest in a couple of the pass catchers. Wilson first, Conklin and more. I'd probably go more just for the upside ahead of conklin but conklin's tight end position is is interesting to me as well those three the running back situation like michael carter absolutely burned me last week james robinson a healthy he scratch
2: though right Sprain he did or something yeah
3: yeah he got hurt um but i jammed in a ton like it probably wouldn't have been a great week for me anyway last week but with the michael carter injury i was just drawing dead um so i i don't know this i have interest in the running back situation if carter is out zonovan knight is 4600 we saw him pick up a ton of work if they know that carter is going to be inactive though i worry that that james robinson would be active um so th- this running back situation is a little bit muddied um if carter misses if carter's in then i'm definitely doing it
2: you miss it a little bit better against the run i mean a little bit better um they're still middle of the road but i mean they're just terrible against the pass they allow the most passing yards per game they're 27th and dvoa against the pass this is a pretty decent spider i mean i might even have a little bit of mike white with garrett wilson in this game because it's a cheap combo that i can run back justin jefferson with um i mean going to the minnesota side like the jets defense is the reason that they're competing this season. Their jets defense has been phenomenal. Minnesota loves to throw. Um I mean Justin Jefferson's just so good that it doesn't really matter. Um I mean shadowed or not shadowed, it doesn't it just doesn't matter. New England has a good defense and like this team just put up 33 against him. Jefferson got his 11 targets. He had a monster game. I mean, I like jefferson i don't love dalvin cook hawkinson playable for sure but i don't think this is a week i play Kirk cousins
3: yeah i agree with you there i i don't think you stack cousins because i think you need two pass catchers with cousins and the Jets defense is good enough to where i don't see two pass catchers getting there um sauce Gardner for the jets is absolutely no joke like he's He's a rookie and he's already like top five corners, at least probably top three. Um, I don't know if he follows Jefferson around like Jefferson moves all over the formation. It's part of what makes him amazing. Um, He can win any matchup, though. So Jefferson is is the clear target here. He's expensive and it's a difficult matchup. But if anybody's going to win against this Jets defense, it's Jefferson that I would trust. Um, Hawkinson, Hawkinson's overpriced, I think, for the matchup. Thielen doesn't have the ceiling where I want to target that. So and I and I agree with you, I'm cook. Just a, a really tough matchup for him. He's over seven K. Um, some running backs much cheaper that I like better. So just Jefferson for me on the Viking
2: side. DJ Reed, too, like the other corner. Like, isn't it Reed, Carter, and Sauce Gardner or something like that? Um I, yeah. I mean they don't with as much as Minnesota moves around, I don't think they're going to get like shadow coverage. I honestly shadow Jefferson. That's fine. If you're going to give me Jefferson one-on-one, I'll be overweight on it because he's that, he's that talented. So go ahead shadow him play one-on-one. But I think Hawkinson has to be in the conversation this week uh, because this, the secondary is so good. And the, you know, the corners are so good that, I mean, they might have to rely on him and they have no problem, you know, since he's gotten there, you know, throwing him the football. So $5,200 5200 for Hawkinson is a huge discount to Kelsey and Andrews um, for what it's worth. So, with the Jets stack so cheap, I mean, it's really not that hard to play Jefferson or Hawkinson in your runback. So, definitely something I'm going to be looking at this week. We go to Cleveland. Cleveland at Houston, 46 and a half total in this game. Cleveland, a seven point favorite it's the week, right? Um, Deshaun Watson officially activated to the 53 man roster and is expected to start. I mean, it's no shocker to anybody. They've said it all year. I mean, Jacoby Brissett knew that as soon as Watson was going to be able to play, he was going to play. He's 6,500 going up against Houston. We'll talk about him in a second, but really the star of the show here is Nick Chubb. Um, I mean, this is a don't overthink it spot for Nick Chubb. I know he's 8K. I know he's not like huge in the passing game, but they love to run the football. And yeah, they have a shiny new toy with Deshaun Watson and, you know, maybe they throw more. But Chubb has three touchdown upside in this game. And I know he's one of your favorites. We talked about it pre-show. This is a phenomenal spot for Nick Chubb.
3: Yeah, I, I will be very interested to see where the ownership comes in for Nick Chubb. He is not a guy I ever play. Um, I play the majority of my action on DraftKings, and he just doesn't fit with DraftKings scoring very well. But you know what scores fantasy points are touchdowns, and he has the best touchdown equity on the slate this week. Um, absolute best matchup: a team that loves to run the ball a ton against a team that cannot stop the run. Like they're terrible at tackling. If Chubb gets 20 carries in this spot, like he's a lock to go for 100 yards, in my opinion. 8K for a guy who doesn't pe- catch passes, not something I usually do on DraftKings, but I'll be doing it this week just because of the matchup. Phenomenal spot for Chubb here.
2: If you think about it too, it's just a great spot for Watson to kind of get eased back into playing. I mean, this, what, a year and a half? Oh, probably even longer than that, really um since like he's even played so chubb having a good matchup and getting the running game going here is just going to open up things for deshaun watson um so yeah i mean i'm with you i don't tend to play a lot of nick chubb because of i mean the browns are four and seven and they're a team that it's just they've been tough to figure out just in general this year but this is just an excellent spot um i'm not even really worried about like the passing work. Um, I, I think this is a prop you should look at when the rushing props come out. It's not out yet for this game. So I, it's one that I definitely will probably end up, you know, playing a lot on sleeper and, and prize price picks and stuff. So do we think, I mean, it's tough, right? Like people's Jones, Cooper, Cooper 64 people's Jones is 49. I think that price difference will lead me to playing more people's Jones than Cooper. I don't know if I play Watson, but I I feel like he's going to have a chip on his shoulder with something to prove, and it's a great matchup to do it in Houston against this defense.
3: Yeah, I mean, like the Miami situation against Houston last week, we kind of saw, like, Tyreek had a pretty good first half, and then he just didn't do anything in the second half because they were up so big. Like, it was, we knew that going in, though. Like, we knew you pretty much had to get it done in the first half, maybe quarters, if if Houston somehow kept it within a couple of scores, but it's a similar situation here. I I think Cooper would be my lean just for the big playability. I feel like Watson wants to establish that connection. Um, I don't know. I, I get your argument though, the, with the cheaper price on people's Jones, maybe that makes sense. I will sprinkle both of them in just because I agree with you. Like Watson has something to prove. He's going to come out here. It wouldn't surprise me if, the first touchdown in this game is a, is a Watson passing touchdown. Um, and there, there'll be enough opportunity for one of these wide receivers to get there. So I, I wrinkle in the wide receivers. I think they come out, they get Watson as touchdown and then they go extremely run heavy from there though. So I, I'm concerned about Watson's ceiling. I wish he was a little bit more expensive. So we didn't have to consider it at all, but I, this isn't the spot. I think you wait a week on Watson. I do like targeting um, either one of the wide receivers though. And then Joku, if he comes back, I think that would be fine as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, you know, in Houston that, you know, think back to the 2020 season. I actually looked this up before we got going. Like, he finished the season, I think, with over 26 fantasy points at quarterback in, like, four of the last seven games that year Um, and was, like, the number one quarterback two of those weeks. So, like, Deshaun Watson has the upside to win – you a tournament the thing is like if that were to happen houston has to keep this game close so like you if you're playing watson and whether you play cooper or people's jones or both of them or if Najoku's out and you play bryant and one of those guys however you do your watson stacks you have to run it back and that is the problem right that's the problem when we talked about last week with the Dolphins. Like I was way overweight on Nico Collins last week. He had nine targets. He had six catches, 44 yards. They just couldn't do anything on offense. I'll be overweight on Collins again this week. I'll play Cooks. This game has to stay close for Watson to have that ceiling. Maybe Cleveland puts the foot on the gas, and we see them score five or six touchdowns in this game. But I, I think your your ceiling still is a better chance with like a cooks or a Collins, a Jordan Aikens. I don't think this is a week for Pierce. You could maybe talk me into it. I just, I mean, I want to play him in good matchups. This is not the worst matchup in the world, but they've just kind of gone away from him in games on the ground. Anyway, when they start getting way behind,
3: yeah, Pierce's price tag is attractive. He's 5900 but I agree with you. They just they haven't been as willing to just keep handing it off to him even when they're down a couple scores. He did get six targets last week, which was nice to see after like a couple of down weeks where he did not see the target volume. So maybe I get talked into him um, as a runback just because of the price and the six targets last week. Um, the change at quarterback, obviously, is something you could directly point to as why that might have seen an uptick but i agree like Collins to me he's cheaper than Cooks he's been seeing nearly the same volume as Cooks over the last 4 weeks or so ever since the trade deadline like Collins is the guy that that stands out as as the runback um just the price is is the main thing and and the volume that he's been seeing so I definitely am not stacking any of these guys. I probably won't play Pierce by himself. Um we have seen him break off a couple of big runs, but there, there are other options at running back. I would I would target first. Uh you mentioned Cleveland's Cleveland being a decent matchup, but we have to remember that Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney missed a big chunk of this season. The Browns are a much healthier, much better defense now at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a spot where you could play Chubb-Cleveland defense stacks. Um, we, yeah. know, we were worried, we were wondering last week whether or not like, Kyle Allen was going to come out and throw the ball 30-plus times, and he threw the ball 30 times in a game. They trailed the entire time. They just couldn't get anything going. Um, I don't know. We'll see.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: We'll see. I mean, and this game's against Houston. Oh, gosh, man, I didn't even think about that. Like, the, the Watson, like... Yeah, the chip on the shoulder. He's getting the first touchdown, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Might be a rushing touchdown, which is even better. (laughs) Anyway, we're moving on. We have Tennessee at Philadelphia, 44.5 total in this game. Philly a a 5.5-point favorite in this one. We'll start here with the Tennessee side of things. I love playing Derrick Henry uh, on FanDuel, mostly. He's just a beast. His workload is insane his upside is three touchdowns Philly is not the team I want to play Derrick Henry against. And you could play like, you can make an argument for playing against anybody because he's that good. Okay. I hear your arguments. This is a week that I, I really think you want to play Burks. Um, I think Tennessee's going to have to rely a little bit more on the pass in this game. Traylon Burks has come back and he's looked fantastic. Um, maybe some shots on like Austin Hooper and tournaments, but I really think you want to play Burks here because you're going to have interest in Philadelphia. The Tennessee pass defense is not good. Um, so, I mean, Hertz is someone obviously that's really solid. Tennessee, um, I guess their pass defense has been better than their run defense, but I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Ten- Tennessee?
3: Tennessee's pass defense has been better than their run defense? I don't think that's.
2: Did I write it down? I feel like I wrote it down backwards.
3: Yeah, it, Tennessee has a really good run defense and a really bad pass defense from my recollection.
2: Yes, I wrote it down what? backwards. I
3: okay. wrote
2: down 31st, but it's they've allowed the second most passing yards. Okay, so yeah, yeah I mean, we're going to play some hurts. Anyway. Um, yeah, absolutely. And
3: and so Philly just Tennessee. has a great
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, Philly has a great defense in general. So this is this is a tough spot for Tennessee. Um they're willing to go to Henry over and over again, though. And I feel like Philly's run defense is worse than their pass defense. I get the wide receivers as far as run backs. They're much, much cheaper than Derrick Henry. Henry is a guy that can get game scripted out if they get down by multiple scores. So he's he's a really tough play, despite him being probably their easiest path to to moving the football. Um but I, I do kind of feel like Philadelphia gets out ahead in this one. And that makes paying 8100 for Derrick Henry pretty tough, especially when Burks is 4600 Woods is 4300 I I think you can go to either one of those guys. Don't even mind Hooper at 3 k as a tight end. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm primarily looking for runbacks
2: on the other side of my herd stacks, I think. So, I mean – Bradbury and Slay on the outside. I totally wrote this down wrong. Um, pen and paper gets you sometimes, but I still love my pen and paper. The The Philly pass defense has been phenomenal this season. Yes. So I got it backwards. Um, I wrote it down backwards. but So maybe I'm looking at Hooper in this game, like an inside type of guy instead of these outside guys against Bradbury and Slay. Maybe I'm looking at like an Austin Hooper trailing game, six, seven targets, 3K. Touchdown puts him really good at 3,000. So if I'm playing Hurts and I'm playing like A.J. Brown or somebody on that side, I want to run it back here. Um, It's just it's really tough because I don't think it's Henry. I don't think it's Henry, but maybe it is Henry. I just like Chubb way more. So that's where I'm at. Um, Philly side. I said. I mean, you can play Hurts. It seems like against anybody at this point. Um, 8,000. He just coming off of a shootout type of game with Green Bay over 20 fantasy points in five straight games. Um, what are your thoughts here on Jalen Hurts?
3: Yeah, I, I love Jalen Hurts. Um, that like the Tennessee pass defense has been atrocious. Um, and there's a very clear option for me. Uh, we talked about Deshaun Watson and wanting to stick it to Houston. AJ Brown got traded away from Tennessee here. Wouldn't be shocked if they scheme up plays near the end zone for A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown wants to score against his former team that traded him away. He's expensive. He's 7,800, but he he's the alpha-wide receiver in this offense. Um, It's an expensive stack, but I think there's enough value on this slate. I'll, I'll be heavily exposed to the, the Brown stack.
2: Well, you got to think, like, Smith is banged up. Goddard's on the IR. Like, the, the road for, for A.J. Brown to have a big game here is here. If if we do get news that like Smith is not going to play quiz where Watkins is 3,800. He's super interesting. If that were the case, I don't think I want to touch these tight ends. Philadelphia has always used their tight ends. Um, Jalen hurts is just not the same type of quarterback they've had here over the years. So um, we've even seen like Goddard's numbers this season have been all over the place. He's had some big games, but I just don't know if these tight ends are the same. I think it's AJ Brown. I think we're going to see a big week out of him. Hurts AJ Brown combos. Um, super interesting in this one.
3: I like the Watkins call, and I like him even if um even if Devonta Smith is in, uh, you like what you just said about the ends is exactly why like Philly is a team that that there's always tight ends on the field. Um, but Watkins has seen a significant uptick uh in snaps and targets since um uh, Dallas Goddard's injury. They're just running more three wide receiver sets than they had previously. So Watkins at 3,800 love that call. All
2: right, we move on to Detroit Jacksonville at Detroit 51 and a half total. One of three games that have a total over 50 this weekend. We'll start here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I mean, this is a team that we've targeted all year and, you know, we've talked about on this podcast so many times it's who's playing Detroit this week. Um, I mean my 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 first instinct is you know get a ton of exposure to ETN if he's healthy um if he misses this game oh man i don't know like if i want to play hasty or not i, I don't think it is henderson is the answer but like if, if etn does not play trevor lawrence is 5900 Kirk is 6,300. That stack is not overly expensive. Zay Jones is 4,900. We talked about him last week. He had a monster game against Baltimore. Um, What are your thoughts here when it comes to Jacksonville?
3: I don't think I've stacked Trevor Lawrence. I don't think I've used Trevor Lawrence all year. I've used plenty of Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, um, but this is a Trevor Lawrence week. 5,900, best matchup. Anyone could ask for in Detroit, in the Dome. Terrible defense on the other side. Like, it's this is a spot for Lawrence and the double stack, I think. Um, you can include Evan Ingram in that conversation as well. If Zay Jones were to miss, I would even go as far as to say Marvin Jones or Jamal Agnew could come into play. Uh, but this has been a fantastic spot for, like, like Detroit's offense can keep up or, or as long as they're somewhat healthy. We've we've seen that throughout the season. Um, and it's not like Jacksonville's defense is anything to write home about either. So this game, I love the over here. Uh, I think there's going to be a ton of points scored. And I think it's going to be another shootout. So give me Lawrence. Kirk would be the number one option. Zay Jones if he plays. Otherwise, look at guys like Marvin Jones or Jamal Agnew. Um, and even sprinkle in a little Evan Ingram as is- well.
2: Richie Smalls in YouTube chat says "Course Field of Football. Um, that's exactly what Detroit is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I agree. I'm with you um, 100%. You know, I, I, gosh. I really like ETN if he plays. I, I just want to say that one more time. If they say ETN is good to go and he's healthy, I like him a lot. I like Lawrence and Zay and Kirk. Um, don't hate the Ingram call. If Detroit's defense was a little bit better, this is this would actually be a pretty decent team. Like Jared Goff really hasn't been terrible, um, this season. Like he's 5,300 going up against Jacksonville. A lot of people are going to look at Lawrence in this game. Is there a contrarian road to looking at Jared Goff? And I mean, we saw him earlier this year get 30 plus points against Seattle. He's had some twenty-five point games. Like, is Jared Goff in the conversation this week?
3: I think he has to be. Um, It's in the dome. Weather's getting colder, and everything else. Like the only problem that I have with Jared Goff, if 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 he doesn't throw the touchdown from like ten yards plus out, they're just going to end it off to Jamal Williams. We've seen him do it over and over and over again. I think that does limit his upside a little bit. But this game environment gives him upside that at 5,300, I mean, he could absolutely throw for 303 in this game. Um, I think he's in play. I, I haven't played Jerry Goff all season either, but I'm I'm looking at it. I, I just think these teams, this is going to be a close enough game. It's similar to the Seattle game, in my opinion, in where two mediocre teams, both with better offenses than defenses, um i i think detroit can can keep it fairly close with jacksonville here um the running backs are an issue i think they'll they'll try to keep the running backs involved but if they do fall a touchdown behind they have not been afraid to let jared go sling it around a little bit so i i like goff and i absolutely love amon ross st brown stacked with him
2: yeah brown's expensive but we've talked about him all season we I mean, we've been right about him a lot this year. And, you know, I just – I don't see a reason not to keep playing him. I know he's 7,100, but honestly, he's kind of a discount to, like, the Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hills, Justin Jefferson, you know, type of players. Um, he, and he gets similar volume to those guys. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> this game's in the dome. His volume's high. Like, you know, Tyreek, like, talent-wise – I mean, maybe St. Brown is good. Like, he's just on a bad team. So, Calvin Johnson. Yeah. How, how good was Calvin Johnson on this Detroit team? Got lost in the mix there. But, I, I mean, there's a conversation. Obviously, if you're playing Lawrence and you're playing, like, Kirk and, you know, that type of stuff, there's a conversation to be had to play Jamal Williams um, in a stack to make your stacks a little bit different. So, I, I mean, Swift scored a touchdown – or didn't get called back? I can't remember. I know he scored a touchdown, but I think he got called back last week. Because um, that was the correct. Buffalo game. Yeah. Yes, so He scored the he week before that,
3: show. though. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, right now, like, carries-wise, this is Jamal's backfield until they show us it's not. Um, they're using Swift. They're just not using him a ton right now. And I think that's smart. Keep him healthy. But what do you have to play for? Um, I don't want to play the tight end situation with Hawkinson gone. It's really St. Brown, maybe some Raymond, maybe some Chark. Um, maybe Jared Goff. Um, interesting, interesting game for sure.
3: Yeah, the, there are some cheap wide receiver options here that I think are in play just because of the game environment. Um, Josh is getting healthy. I don't know if Raymond has passed him or not, but Raymond has been the guy that's gotten the targets the last two weeks. Reynolds um,
2: keeps dropping the ball.
3: Yeah, and that's kind of been an issue throughout his career, right? Like, I don't know. Um, I'll have to look at his snap from last week. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have those numbers in front of me, played, but he did not get a target. Last week? Okay, so I don't know if that was just Raymond ran ahead of him or if he was still banged up and just kind of active for emergency-only situation. Um, but if Reynolds is active again, I worry about him cutting into Raymond a little bit DJ Chark was on the field. I just, I don't think DJ Chark is it. So it's probably Raymond or Reynolds for me. Um, As weird as that is to say, but probably Raymond would be my favorite option of, among these 4K guys right now.
2: He'd be mine as well. I think if Reynolds were to like get snaps, he would take more time from Chark than he would Reynolds. But because St. Brown moves around in formations so much that, I mean, I don't think that matters too much all right cruising along we got denver at baltimore 38 and a half total baltimore eight and a half point favorites um denver i mean the baltimore pass defense has been struggling this season but i mean i i don't think i can do it um russ is 5200 he's super cheap but yeah he hasn't had a fantasy point game over 20 since week four against las vegas um Judy's banged up. If he were out, Sutton's cheap. Like, you could make a cheap stack and hope Sutton scores two touchdowns, or you could just be like me and maybe play some Sutton. And that's really it. I mean, I'm going to play some Baltimore defense, is what I'm going to (laughs) do.
3: It sounds like a good idea to me. Like, what happened to Russell Wilson? It has just been atrocious. Like, I don't understand. Like, the offensive line is decent. He has good weapons with Sutton and Judy. Dulce hasn't been there, but like, there are decent receiving options here too. I just I don't get what's happened to Russ Wilson. Like, did he just get old all of a sudden? Um, I don't know. Or did Pete Carroll just
2: believe in him so much that the system was so good for him that he played well above his talent? I don't know.
3: That's possible, I suppose. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely not doing it against baltimore here um sutton is cheap judy out i think you could pencil him in for close to double digit targets he's had that the last three weeks though and still hasn't gotten there because of how much this offense struggles so lowest scoring offense in football which is just wild um i don't think anybody saw that coming in no i i don't I don't want to play a passing game. It's just not not there. Um, Dulcich at tight end, just because of the position, is somebody I don't mind taking shots on. And Sutton, because of the price, if Judy is out, I suppose would be okay, but I'm, I'm definitely not doing any stacks here. The running back situation, really tough matchup here, but Latavius Murray should have the backfield again. Chance that Mike Boone returns, which might cut into his passing work a little bit. Um, just it's not an efficient offense and I still worry about it. Murray is still really cheap at 5,300. So I could see myself taking some shots on him, depending on what other value opens up. Like he's in play, but probably not somebody that I would consider going way overweight on.
2: Tough matchup. Um I got on Murray a little bit towards the end of last week, played him a little bit. Um, I mean, he had one big run, really. Like he had 12 carries for 40 yards and he had one 52-yard carry. He had one catch for six yards. Um, tough matchup. I can't rely on Latavius Murray. He would have to score a couple touchdowns, and I don't think that's gonna be the case. The Baltimore side, you know, Lamar Jackson was someone people really talked about a lot last week. I was shocked, you know. You and I talked about like how he really just hasn't had a huge ceiling lately. And I mean, I read a lot of stuff around the industry, a lot of people like Lamar Jackson last week, and I get it against Jacksonville. He ran the ball for 89 yards last week and scored 24 fantasy points. Um, I mean, it's a huge concern now at 7,800. We have some huge names on this slate. Denver defense is like no pushover defense by any means, especially against the pass. Like, I think I might just stay away from Baltimore like just Baltimore in general, like Andrews is 6,600. If, if the game, like if Lamar has a good game, it probably goes through Andrews. So like, maybe I just play Andrews by himself. Um, but I don't think like Lamar is going to be in like my top 10 quarterbacks this week.
3: Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. Like we, that ceiling just hasn't been there since the very beginning of the season. Um, and it's because of the lack of pass kind. Cut- Um, he did finally run last week. Like you said, I just like the Denver defense is, is no joke. He's still really expensive. You're not getting a discount at all. There's still ceiling there, but is there ceiling in this matchup against Denver? I'm not so sure that there is. So I, I kind of agree with you. I'm, I don't see any need to play Baltimore. Um, Andrews would be the guy I have the interest in, but he's so expensive yeah I mean I guess Lamar to, to Andrews but that's that's taking up an awful lot of salary when there's a lot of other expensive spots that I like on the slate so um too tough of a matchup for me not enough ceiling here recently I I'm, agree with you I'm passing on Baltimore
2: yeah I, I mean you look at the the first three weeks of the season he threw um 10 touchdowns in three weeks Lamar Jackson didn't he had and he hasn't thrown for three touchdowns in a game since those first three games it was the jets with some injuries to the secondary where we thought the jets defense was going to be terrible. Miami's secondary that still isn't great and New England in a, a really good like battling game. He's had some tough matchups here recently but i mean if you're if you're not going to do it against the Jacksonville pass defense, i don't know, man. Like Jacksonville allows a ton of passing yards per game. He had 254 passing yards. He just, he's not throwing the touchdowns. So again, like if, if he throws two or three touchdowns in this game, I'm just hoping that it goes through Andrews and I, and I just hope Lamar doesn't run for hundred yards or something like that. So, I mean, if you're playing 150 teams and you want to play some Lamar, I'm not going to say no to that, like, but I don't think he's going to make the cut for me this week. And I don't play 150 teams in football. So there you go. Miami at San Francisco, 46 and a half total. San Francisco, a three and a half point favorite. We'll start here with the Dolphins. One of my favorite spots in the week. Um, This game, I love the over in this game at 46 and a half. I love this game in general. Um, we, We talked about San Francisco like, like legitimately being a Super Bowl contender with the addition of Christian McCaffrey. That's how good he is and how good this defense is and Miami is legit and I'm probably a biased fan, but looking at the data, Miami's legit. Tua is playing fantastic. Like I could see Miami putting up points. I could see this game being like a 60-point game that flies into the radar because san francisco's defense is so good and miami is priced up like i love the dolphins here i love the 49ers here keith bring me back to planet earth man i love this game talk me off of it
3: <laughs> oh man um san francisco's defense is really good i'll lead with that but there are some compelling arguments to be made here and that is just how concentrated this Miami offense is like we know where this going in um, the passing game it is going to Tyreek it's going to Waddle so i don't like and those are wide receivers who can win in any matchup or what defense they're they're facing like those are two outstanding wide receivers Tua has played great this year it's expensive. It's an incredibly difficult matchup. But I think that's what the majority of the field will see as well. And you're going to get some really low ownership. So as as large tournament, as far as large field tournament play goes, I I'm completely on board here. I don't know if I would do it in like a single entry. Um, but this like we've seen the Tua Tyreek Waddle stack win tournaments multiple weeks this year. And when they they haven't been popular in the past too. So I think this is another spot. They're going to be probably lower on than they should be. It is a very difficult matchup, but if, if Miami can put up points, you know where it's coming from. So I, I can't say that I would try to talk you off of it.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously Mitchell out on the, the 49ers side, Christian McCaffrey, this is all assuming that he plays this week, but I mean, gosh, even if he doesn't play, (laughs) Debo, um, Ayuk, like there's just so many runbacks. Like there's so many ways for this game stack to work. And I just feel like this is just going to be the week where they just go overlooked. Like I don't see a lot of people paying 8,800 for Tyreek Hill knowing like This dude is one of maybe five wide receivers in the NFL that can put up 40-plus fantasy points. And one of them is on the IR in Cooper Cup. So the upside in the ceiling is just massive. I don't think the matchups matter. They are going to get Tyreek Hill to football. So, yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm a Dolphins fan. I may be biased, but I think this team's legit. I think this game is going to be fantastic. It could be a dud. It could be a dud. But I'm going with the over here. Um, the 49ers side of things, we know Mitchell out six to eight weeks really stinks. Um, I mean that that was really working for them uh, using Mitchell and McCaffrey. I mean here it is, here it is. Christian McCaffrey, if he's healthy, 80 plus percent of the snaps. I just don't see them giving Jordan Mason a ton of looks here if Christian McCaffrey is healthy. And this is, I feel like this is the spot we've been waiting for for C- Christian McCaffrey. Great matchup against Miami. No real threat for work in the backfield. Debo's banged up. Um, I mean, Iuke is interesting at 6,100. Kittle's interesting at 5K. Like Again, I'm just very, very, very high on this game.
3: Yeah, so I definitely understand the 49ers side here. Uh, McCaffrey, we talked about it last week, how he didn't have the same role that he had in Carolina. Yeah. Um, Keep Eli Mitchell involved. They wanted to keep McCaffrey fresh. Well, with Mitchell out now, they don't have much of a choice. This is this is McCaffrey's backfield. You see Davis Price elevated. Maybe Mason gets more involved. But they're still not going to be anywhere near as involved as Eli Mitchell was. Um, so McCaffrey in a good matchup, 8,600. I, I like that call a lot. Um, great spot for McCaffrey. He's game script proofed would be a phenomenal run back no matter how the game is going. Uh, um, The other side, like, do I want to play Jimmy is kind of my question here, and I think I have some interest. He's Um, too
2: cheap not to have interest.
3: Yeah, he's cheap, and this this is a really good matchup. Like, the Dolphins can score in a hurry, and that could take San Francisco away from there, grind out the clock, run the ball the entire game mentality. And Jimmy has some talent when he's forced into that type of game script. Um, would prefer to see Debo in there for him so he can just kind of hit the short passes and let Debo do most of the work after the catch. Uh, but they still have other guys that can do that, too. And George Kittle, you mentioned Ayuk. Like, there's there's so much talent on the San Francisco offense. Um, and Miami's defense has struggled. So I have a ton of interest in San Francisco. You could stack this game so many different ways. It's going to be lower on than it should. Um, I was lukewarm coming into this game. Like, I liked a lot of pieces, but you have me fully talked into just overstacking this game, basically. Multiple pieces from both sides, I think makes a lot of sense.
2: I mean, sorry ahead of time, um, but we'll go down on the. We'll go down on the. I'll never.
3: I'll never be mad at you for talking me on to these types of talented players. Like there's so much talent on both of these offenses. It's just ridiculous.
2: Yeah. I mean, Juwan Jennings, like he's involved every once in a while, but like the passing work goes through Debo, Ayuk and Kittle McCaffrey with Mitchell out of the like pitcher. The running back situation is very clear for McCaffrey. Like Miami uses a core of guys like, if this is that like shootout type of game where we just see like the Miami Dolphins show up and say, Hey, we're a legit contender and this game just turned into one of those games. It just, it, where the production is going to come from, while it might be expensive is still very clear where the production is going to come from. So, I mean, I love those type of games. And I mean, we don't have ownership up yet, but I can't wait to see what I'm looking at ownership wise. I bet you it's low, which makes me even more excited. So
3: I think the Miami side is going to be extremely low. Um, I'm worried about McCaffrey getting a little steam because if like without Mitchell, I think people are going to see Carolina McCaffrey, but in a much more talent, like a a much better system with a much better play caller, much more offensive minded head coach, like, like McCaffrey could really, really thrive in this system. Um, I think he gained some steam. If Debo were to miss, Iuk would gain some steam. I don't know about Kittle. He's just because people don't like to pay for tight end often. Um, but McCaffrey is the one I could see getting steam. I think the Miami side is low on though.
2: Like really quick, just on the ownership type of McCaffrey really quick. Eckler's in an amazing spot. He's cheaper than McCaffrey. Barkley's in a great spot. He's cheaper than McCaffrey. We talked about Nick Chubb there's some other guys that like Aaron Jones um ETN like there's some good spots where McCaffrey being the most expensive and not really having like that blow up game with San Francisco yet i mean maybe maybe it just is like if McCaffrey's out oh, if McCaffrey's <laughs> out if this knee thing is re- like a real injury and they're going to say hey we're trying to make you know the super bowl we're going to take the precaution here Oh, give me all the Jimmy G Debo Iuke stacks. Um, all of them because, yeah, I mean, the game is juicy. Moving on, Seattle Adelaide taking on the Rams 41 and a half total in this game. Seattle, a seven and a half point favorites. Um, with that line, and it, you know, Matthew Stafford sounding doubtful, yeah, it's a tough spot. Um, for the Rams, uh, let's talk Seattle. I mean, I want Geno in shootout type of games. I mean, he had a really solid game last week. We talked about him. I ended up playing him on my main team last week. He's multiple touchdowns in five straight games. Just, it's, it's hard for me in this one, Keith, because I don't hate the spot. They're 26 in DVOA against the pass. He has so much talent around him with Metcalf and Lockett. It's just, I don't think Perkins and this team keeps up. Yeah,
3: I'm kind of with you on that. Um, there's just there's no way, even even if Stafford were to play, the Rams' offense is just a complete mess without Cooper Cup. They have relied too heavily on him. Uh, like they got the Super Bowl last year, obviously, so you, that's hard to say. But I, like to sustain that type of involvement for Cooper Cup was like very risky. Always now with Cup out, like they're just not a functional offense. Robinson um,
2: out, too.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like, there, I don't see any way LA keeps this close. I completely agree with you. Um, like, Gino, if he, if he's not going to throw for four quarters, I just don't see him getting there, especially now that the price is coming up. He's over 6K now. We've talked about several guys in the 5Ks that we like. Um, I think they all have more upside than Gino in this spot. Probably don't see the need to do it. Like, it'd be a double stack, and Metcalf and Lockett are both SKs as well, so it, it's tough. Um, probably won't be stacking Gino. I think you could take a shot on one or the other of Metcalf. I'd be fine with that because either of them is capable of catching an extremely long touchdown. Um, I think Kenneth Walker is my favorite play from the game, though. Just the price tag is coming up. It's not the greatest matchup for him, but I see Seattle kind of being up multiple scores here Kenneth Walker is a guy that we've seen get over 20 carries as well in that, that type of game script. Uh, he's got the big play ability. I think Kenneth Walker is who I want here from Seattle.
2: Uh, you know, the Seattle defense has been terrible this season, but I think they're playable this week uh, for sure. The yep. Rams side of this game, ah, man, Robinson out, cup out. Maybe it's Higby. Maybe it's Van Jefferson thought it was very interesting that like Akers was the second guy behind Williams last week. Love running backs against Seattle. I mean, is Williams game script proof? Probably at 5,200. I think Williams is interesting in this spot because I mean, Akers is not the answer. They wanted to trade him. Um, I mean, they have no interest in Cam Akers long-term it seems like. So, I mean, this is a perfect opportunity with no Stafford, no Cooper Cup, no Robinson to say, hey, Williams, show us what you have for next season. Um, so I think Williams at 5,200 is interesting. And then Van Jefferson is 4,800. He's going to get a ton of targets if they get behind in this game. Um, him and Higby are both interesting. But, I mean, Higby didn't even see a target last week. So I don't know. It's tough. Um, uh, Williams, my favorite and then maybe some potential exposure to Van Jefferson just because he's cheap.
3: I like the Williams call a lot, 5,200. I, I do agree with you. He's game script proof, um, a guy who caught passes in college. We kind of envisioned him in this role at the beginning of the season. Then he missed the season. Now Stafford is out, and the Rams have kind of just fallen completely apart. Um, but he's the guy we were pretty excited about coming into the season. I think he can still get it done even with a backup quarterback there. Just like the short underneath stuff is where backups tend to lie. So I do think Williams is game script proof. Fifty two hundred if he's going to catch five, six balls, definitely in play. Um, Jefferson is tough. Like Seattle's past, he's been better recently. Uh, They have the rookie on the outside. Woolen, I think his name is, has played outstanding. I just I don't see Bryce Perkins or if it's Wolford under center. like I just don't see their pack being able to do very much, even if they're down and, and Seattle's kind of sitting back in a, a, like a, a deep cover defense. like Maybe there's some opportunity there just because of that, um, and I need to take a closer look. But Williams is definitely the, the guy I want here. Higby's price has has come way down but it's tough to to go to that at like with the quarterback change you just knew Stafford was going to target him a ton and now if Stafford doesn't play you don't have that same security so I don't know what to do with the passing game I think they're going to be trailing I think they're going to have to throw it more than they want to but I probably just still play Williams um, because I think he's game script, script proof like you said
2: yeah I mean it could be a A five catch plus type of game for Williams and getting ten rushing attempts plus against the Seattle defense. I mean, it just he seems like the answer. I mean, a fade of the Rams is very playable as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, a lot of injuries and Perkins. I would he throw the ball twenty times last week, twenty three times, something like that. It was wasn't a lot, so. We got the Chargers at the Raiders, 50 and a half total. These last two games are really juicy. Um, So we're not going to bury the lead here by any means. Chargers, a one and a half point favorite. I I mean, I I said it last week and I'm going to say it again. It, I mean, it wasn't a terrible, like he scored a touchdown, so it wasn't terrible, but Keenan Allen, my favorite wide receiver this week. The, the Raiders have allowed the most fantasy points per game to opposing slot corn or wide receivers. The Chargers throw the ball 68.9% of the time, which is the highest in the NFL. Keenan Allen is in a, a f- amazing spot here. I mean, I don't hate Eckler at 8,500. He's so involved in the passing game that his ceiling is just massive. It's just so expensive that I'm going to take the discount and play Keenan Allen here.
3: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, Mike Williams probably not making it back. For, maybe he does. Even if he does, I still love Keenan Allen in the spot. If Mike Williams is out again, he's the top wide receiver on the sling for me as well. Um, yeah, like we we know he's a volume guy. When Mike Williams isn't there, he's his equity goes, so that that gives him more value. Um, great matchup for him against Las Vegas indoors here. This is this is one of my favorite game environments of the week. Keenan Allen is a smash. I will have a ton of Justin Herbert as well, uh, depending on whether Mike Williams makes it back. Like, if Mike Williams tries to come back again, that's going to, I don't know. I Like, I'm hesitant to play people coming off of high ankle sprains. We saw him come back too early once already and re-aggravate it. So it's probably just Keenan for me don't mind Gerald Everett either. Um, if Mike Williams is active, i probably just stick to Allen and Everett. If Williams is out, you can certainly look at, at Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. Again, Carter is still really cheap. We saw him pop up with 10 targets again last week. He hasn't gotten that every week that they've been shorthanded at wide receiver, but just because he has that upside at, at 3,900, he's got to be in the conversation if Williams is out again.
2: I like the Carter call a lot if Williams sits. Um just too cheap for the potential, right? So, if Mike yep. Williams plays, I like Allen more. <laughs> like, uh, I, I think it <laughs> that helps. makes sense. I mean, yeah, I think it helps yep. Keenan Allen. I, I think he's regardless. I, I think Keenan Allen is a, a phenomenal play. Um, this week, I mean, on the on the Raiders side of this game. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to have interest in Adams. He's just really expensive. Josh Jacobs, okay, I know he broke the long <laughs> run for 86 yards, and he was having a really good game before that, and he's low-even oh, yeah. really good against tough matchups. Like, this is a fantastic spot for him. I mean, this team ranks 29th in DVOA against the run, fifth most running yards per game. One of my favorite player props that we're going to talk about later is Josh Jacobs' r- rushing prop. Um, I love Josh Jacobs this week.
3: I need to remember you said that and remember to play him because you're you're right. He absolutely had me buried before he called game in overtime. Um, just he had a, another phenomenal game, and then he ran for an 86 yard touchdown on top of that, uh, and he was just somebody you had no chance to win without. I had zero shares of last week. That was probably a mistake. Um, Just a guy who's shown a massive ceiling this year. Um, Just got to suck it up and play him. Got that bias from being burned by him in the past that I need to figure out how to get over. This is a great matchup. We know the Chargers have been a run funnel for a, a very long time. You hate seeing him on the report. I let it scare me off last week. I will not make that mistake again um 7900 for a guy like he just has the three touchdown upside that that can absolutely that you absolutely have to have on a slate so you have to have some exposure here and it's a phenomenal matchup so gotta go right back to jacobs adams i played was the the raider way i played the raiders last week the chargers have an extremely good pass defense tougher matchup for him i think that comes with low ownership though and he's another guy who can just absolutely put up a monster score on any given week so i i will include some adams as well especially with renfro and waller out of this offense it's very it's one of those concentrated offense we know where the production is going here just play some jacobs play some adams and you can get the majority of of the raiders production here
2: i'm gonna throw one more name out there matt ended up on him on my afternoon like main lineup last week and he had I think he had the fifteen or sixteen points. Um, he's just I mean he's gonna need a touchdown for you to really give you like the upside, but they I mean they're getting him the targets. and the thing that I even mentioned this last week with like Jacobs is ever since Waller's been out, his target share has gone up. Um, so listen, you didn't listen to me last week, Keith I, I mentioned Josh <laughs> Jacobs. you didn't listen to me. It's okay. I think i had him ranked like six on expert rankings so like that's uh, listen it wasn't great I, I talked about it on the monday nba podcast i, I think i had 20 or 25 percent jacobs and all of the teams i played jacobs on were terrible so it didn't matter so there you go uh like this game i'm with you this is a great game environment uh it's a fantastic game it's it's definitely one of the games you want to be targeting um if you're leading tournaments and you don't have any players in the four o'clock slot probably not going to be leading the tournament when it's over um, because we finished it out with Kansas city at Cincinnati 52 and a half total on this game. Kansas city, a two and a half point favorite on the road, two decent defenses, two amazing offenses with so much ceiling and so much upside. We'll start here with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I hate paying up a tight end, but Travis Kelsey has 30 plus point upside this week. Um, It might be just a week where you sacrifice one of your wide receiver spots and just say Kelsey at 7,900 as a a wide receiver one is too cheap.
3: Yeah, I think that's a look at it. um, Is to compare him to the wide receivers in this range. Like we just talked about Devontae Adams on the other side of this game. Travis Kelsey has the same target share, but he, he is, what, 800 cheaper than Adams was? Um, I think that's a a phenomenal way to look at it. Kelsey has some of the best upside on the slate. I think um, like the Cincinnati defense has been really good, but that doesn't matter when we have teams, these, this type of elite matchup with two of the best teams in the NFL. Um, Mahomes can win in any matchup. Travis Kelsey can win in any matchup. Those are the two guys that I want on the Kansas city side. I, I certainly will mix in some wide receivers as well. Especially if we get guys rolled out again. Hardman's on the IR. We know he's out. Tony's questionable. Juju's questionable. If either Juju's of those guys are miss, to miss, though,
2: I think Juju plays. Yeah, he
3: should. And he played last week. Um, so he should be back at 5,700. I'll, I'll take some shots there. Like he was, before he went down with the injury, was had a couple of really nice weeks in a row. Um, so Juju would be my favorite. If Tony is out, you can you can go even cheaper than that. Like MVS is never a guy I really like to play. He just like even if he gets behind the defense, he ends up dropping it. So that's always frustrating. And Sky and Moore, I think, are t- totally fine to take shots on at 3K if Tony is out.
2: I love Sky Moore. I think he is a phenomenal play. Quietly six targets in back to back games, um, assuming that Tony doesn't play. Because it sounds like he's getting better, but he's still not going to be ready for this week. Um, so it just goes back to my point of how good Travis Kelsey is. Um, I mean, like, yeah, Mahomes Kelsey combo, and Mahomes and Kelsey are super expensive, but they're they're like a wide receiver combo where like their upside is like 70. Like it's probably higher than 70. Um, so it's just massive, man. It's massive. And especially in a game yeah, like I mean, this Kel- like yeah.
3: Yeah, Kelsey's had 38 before, 33 before, so yeah, it's and I'm sure Mahomes had close to 40 in those games. So yeah, 75 80 I think is is the upside there. And that's a ridiculous number.
2: Yeah, that's two players. And I know they're expensive, but I mean Yeah. We didn't mention um Paccio. Um he's 5700. McKennan got banged up last week. Um I think it was hamstring. Like if we get to the point where he's out now too, like Pacheco is going to be competing with like Ronald Jones who was inactive for the first 11 weeks. <laughs> so um <laughs> practice squad Ronald Jones, so I mean, he's going to be a cheaper option at 5700. He's not my favorite play this week. I was way overweight on him last week um cuz the matchup with the Rams was good. He got the carries. He just I mean, his average kind of got skewed a little bit because of the end of the game, Um, but they were just running him right into the defense at the end of the game. But anyway, um, Kelsey, I hardly ever sit here on this podcast and say, this is a week you want to play Travis Kelsey because I hate paying up. This is a week you could play Kelsey in the flex and run two tight ends if you wanted to, because he is a wide receiver one this week. So... Uh, Burrow, the other side of this game. I mean, Joe Burrow is 6,900. You know, he's capable of putting up 30, 35, 40-plus point games. He's a, a guy with a massive ceiling. Mixon's still in concussion protocol. He practiced limited Wednesday and pay attention to that. Uh, Jamar Chase is getting close to being back with the hip injury. If he were to sit again, T. Higgins just continues to tee off on defenses. Um, he's in a phenomenal spot. I mean, I wouldn't mind looking at Hayden Hurst. The only problem is I want to run Kelsey back. Um, so what are your thoughts here on Cincinnati?
3: Yeah, entirely dependent upon the injuries here. Um, if Mixon plays, I think he's a phenomenal play. A concussion is never something that we're concerned about, like a guy coming back and reaggravating. So if he's clear, Mixon against this Kansas City defense is, is a phenomenal play in my opinion. And I don't think he's going to catch much ownership because he's going to have that Q tag next to him all week long. Um, I have just as much interest in the passing game. This is absolutely shootout potential here where we could see 50 dropbacks on both sides. Um, All dependent upon Jamar chase. If, if chase is out T Higgins is probably the top wide receiver on the slate. Uh, If chase is in there, a little bit tougher to play him, multi-week injury. Um, I, it was a hip, I believe.
2: Yeah, he's been out since week Not, eight, week seven.
3: Yeah, so I mean, I there's, they seem to be c- being careful with him. So if he's active, I assume that he's in in there and ready to play. Like I don't know that they would activate him just to be like a decoy situation. We have seen them do that with T. Higgins though, so I have a little concern. Like when Higgins I mean, missed could a couple games earlier, him
2: and use him like 40% of the snaps just in key situations too.
3: Yeah, it's concerning. Um, so I, I have, the, like T. Higgins is my favorite play on the Bengals side, regardless of whether Chase plays or not. Um, I think the, just the volume he gets without Chase makes him a smash. I think Chase being on the field could help open up for him, and he can smash that way as well. So T. Higgins is a play for Cincinnati that I'm extremely interested in. Mixon is the low if he's he back. Um, if Chase and Mixon are both out, then you can go even deeper. Tyler Boyd, certainly. Um, Hayden Hurst, I don't hate that call. But again, you do run into that problem where you want Kelsey. I don't hate the double tight end deal, though, In this, particularly in this game. Like Hurst has upside. Kelsey, you can play as a high upside flex option. I, I think the double tight end stack works in this game. Um, be totally fine with that but want tons of exposure here for sure
2: yeah I mean this is a fantastic game two of the best offenses and you know it goes back to that conversation about like Miami Miami that's two really good offenses that because of the defenses and like Cincinnati and and Kansas City have both been really solid defenses Um, so all right, let's get into the morning grind game cruise through this one today uh give me quarterback for 300 plus passing yards Who do you got
3: i'm going to go justin herbert he's got keenan allen back indoors against las vegas You threw for like 280 against him the first time these teams met um great spot for herbert
2: so i had had originally broken down Trevor Lawrence here because everything I had read, like ETN is really banged up. Um, I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he throws for 300 plus yards if ETN plays, but I do think he has a good week. Um, It's just, yeah. Low owned running back for a touchdown. We usually have projected ownership up. It's not up yet. Um, what are your thoughts here as far as a low owned running back for a touchdown? <laughs>
3: This is uh not a guy that I love to play, but he's leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns. He has a fantastic matchup against Jacksonville this week. Jamal Williams, I don't oh, think, is gonna took get my played. Play. <laughs> I mean, I think we need to consider him more than we have. He he is ahead of DeAndre Swift and has been for quite some time. So we I, I need to be playing more of him personally. I know that.
2: I love that call. I obviously wrote it down as well. Um do you think, do you think Karen Williams is it Kyron Williams um, for the Rams gets a lot of ownership this week?
3: No, I do not.
2: All right, that's I think people are so
3: go. down on that offense that I I don't think that'll be popular.
2: All right, I like it. And Cam Akers, I feel like is everyone's favorite still, and he's just not involved. Give me a quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown.
3: This is going to be Hurts to AJ Brown for me. Uh, AJ Brown going back to Tennessee, or I guess Tennessee's going there, but um, I think that AJ be given the first touchdown of the game.
2: I like it. I'm going to go to a spot that I talked about that I love this week. Tua to my boy Tyreek Hill. 200 plus yards for Tyreek this week. My hot take, oh, boys. I'm going to write it in the extra survey as well. 200 plus yards for Tyreek Hill. That's my hot take this week. Love it. A uh, wide receiver for eight plus targets. Who do you got?
3: I'm going to go Christian Kirk. Zay Jones is a little bit banged up. We love that game environment. Uh, I think there's a ton of passing in that game. A lot of back and forth. Christian Kirk against Detroit in course field of the NFL.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like that comment. That comment made me laugh um i wrote down scary terry you know going back to a game that we talked about really early in the podcast i think terry mclaurin is in line for a bunch of targets in this game against the giants um didn't see a ton of targets last week but they kind of that game against atlanta was slow and kind of handled it so give me terry mclaurin for eight plus targets this week uh tight end not named kelsey andrews or hawkinson that scores a touchdown this week
3: All right, you cut it off just in time. I'm going to go George Kittle. Like Miami, like this is a good game environment. You talked about how much you loved it. I liked the San Francisco side of this already. Was a little concerned about playing Miami against a really tough San Francisco defense, but into it. So much talent on that Miami offense. Should be a back and forth game here. Close game. Talented offenses. Kittle's going to be a big part of that.
2: Said this guy last week, and it didn't happen, obviously. He kind of busted. But I'm going to go back to the well on Austin Hooper. Um, No one's playing Austin Hooper this week. They're going to be trailing in this game to Philadelphia. I think they're going to have to abandon the run a little bit. I think everyone's going to look to Burks. I think we could see six, seven targets here from Austin Hooper. Um, So give me Austin Hooper for a touchdown. Uh, Defense. Defense Um, for 10-plus points. Who do you got?
3: I'm going to go Cleveland Browns. Just healthier team against uh, just a non-NFL quarterback in Houston there. Um, yeah, Cleveland. Bunch of sacks. A couple turnovers. They should get there.
2: This defense is cheap. This defense is cheap. And I've talked about them so much this year. Give me the Jets. Minnesota could easily crush the jets here but the jets gets they get sacks Kirk cousin likes to get sacks Kirk cousin throws picks they get after the ball this i mean there's a chance the vikings could score 25 plus points in this game and the jets defense still get close to getting there so i think the jets are one of the best tournament defenses this week i think they're going to be very overlooked i think you could play the jets defense in so many different scenarios um so i like jets defense a lot this week Favorite money line, um, a money line against the spread. Anything standing out to you this week?
3: Um, I hate to do it, but I have to go against my Bears here. Uh, Green Bay is going to roll them, whether Justin Fields plays or not. Uh, Aaron Rodgers sounds like he's going to make it back for this game. Uh, Green Bay always plays well against Chicago. I think you said it was five and a half earlier. I saw a four and a half out there. Um, So I've got. It was four and a half. It's
2: moved to five and a half. It opened at two and a half, and it's already to five and a half.
3: All right. So Green Bay, I guess.
2: I yeah. I mean, I like that one. I don't know. I struggle. I struggle with this one this week. There's not one that like jumps off the page to me, but give me jacksonville money line it's like jacksonville plus yeah plus one i think is the last yeah plus one um lions are favored by one right now so just give me the jacksonville money line um i mean this game opened at 48 and a half it's at 51 and a half i think jacksonville has the better team even though this game's in detroit i mean there's no such thing as home field advantage for detroit so give me (laughs) give me the jacksonville money line um, over, under, anything standing out to you over, under
3: the total in Pittsburgh, Atlanta was a bit surprising just because we have two bad offenses. It's in the dome, which obviously props it up a little bit. Um, but sitting at 42 points, I like Atlanta under 42 points, two really slow teams, two teams that like to run the ball, prefer to run the ball. Um, I could see that game slowing down quite a bit.
2: I bet you could guess which one I'm taking
3: san francisco <laughs> that's
2: right over 46 and a half um these offense like this is a seven a seven and four and an eight and three team that have two of the better offenses in the nfl this game total is too low at 46 and a half like i get it i get the defense aspect of it but elite offenses in the nfl tend to beat elite defenses um so give me the over in the miami san francisco game at 46 and a half um, I mean, there's not a ton of player props out yet. Is there anything that you're going to be looking for, or is there anything out that you've seen that you want to talk about this week?
3: So I'm just double checking to make sure nothing opened up. I haven't seen anything on sports books um, and nothing on sleeper. Like you mentioned a couple other prop sites have some numbers up that I'm interested in. You touched on one of them already, Nick Chubb, he was up on 90 at 90 and a half rushing yards on one of the prop sites. That's too low. He's going for a hundred here against this Houston defense. Um, so that's my favorite one. Um, when he, if he opens up at the sports sports books around that number, I will be hammering you over there. The one that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, he was at 58 and a half at one of the prop sites. I know he's a little bit banged up, but this Chicago defense isn't stopping anybody. So I like Aaron Jones over 58 and a half rushing yards as well.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard for me not to to say. Um, I'm just looking. I was looking because, I mean, I was struggling to find something. I was looking at prize picks really quick to see. I know um, they had your Chubb line at, eight, at 90 and a half. Um, okay. I'm with you on that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be looking. I don't see. I want to look at like Christian McCaffrey's rush receiving props. That's something that I want to look at um, this week for sure. But there's not like a, a prop right now that's like jumping off the page to me. And they don't have a ton out. They have a little bit out. They don't have a ton out yet. Uh, Josh Jacobs, over 85 and a half rushing yards, I think is legit. I want to see where like Keenan Allen comes in receiving yards wise. Um, Terry McLaurin is someone I'll be looking at like his receiving props. And then if we get the news that like Aaron Rodgers is going to play, Christian Watson is 47 and a half receiving yards on Prize picks. I love the over on that one. Um, I'm going to actually plug in Chubb over and Watson over on Prize picks right now and get those two locked in for a two play play two-pick power play. So if you're watching live on YouTube, there you go. Uh, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
3: Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, should be a fun week. A couple of really juicy late games. Uh, big potential with some dome games in the, in the early window as well. Should be a pretty fun slate here.
2: I know one thing. I'm glad we're talking some football. Basketball did not go well for me on Wednesday night's way overweight on Halliburton and they are getting beat by 30 in the fourth quarter. So definitely glad we talked some football today. We'll be back talking some hoops tomorrow. It will actually be Keith again, um, joining me. So hang out for that. Hope everyone has a fantastic Thursday. We'll see you again tomorrow.